This very special bonus episode of I Doubt It with Dollamore is brought to you by our generous listener supporters on Patreon and PayPal. If you appreciate what we do and would like to join them, go to dollamore.com slash PayPal or dollamore.com slash Patreon. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Thalamore. Alright everybody, welcome to the show and thank you for joining us for this very special, as they all are, bonus episodes of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I'm your host, Jesse Dollamore, and I am joined by two of the most illustrious, lovable, luscious, loquacious, I don't even fucking know. <laughs> First of all, the lovely, the talented, the scholarly host of the program. Brittany Page. I was wondering how much longer you could keep that going. Just so many L words. Not not that long. Yeah. Is what we found out. Not that long. <laughs> not uh, not strong with alliteration over uh, or, here. Or vocabulary. Mm. It, as just a, a metric of my intelligence is not there. Well, you didn't have to keep going with the big words. You could have started going lays. What? Like, <laughs> like the chips. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> We're also joined by... Maybe the record-setting most multiple-time guest of the show. It has to be. Yeah, I Adam, think so. Adam Simon Orr on IMDb and in the Hollywood circle. Adam G. Simon. Yes. Sir, thank yes. you for being here. Woohoo! I love being here. I love being here. I love your guys' show. I love the, the... Maybe that's why. I'm just surprised you guys have me coming back over mm. and over again. That doesn't seem to well, make I just, any sense. I, I like to see what kind of trouble we can <laughs> we can get into. I mean, listen, we we uncover shit when you're here. We yeah. we and this I guess this wasn't on pod, but when we talked about your childhood experience with oh, yeah. with um Kevin Spacey mm-hmm. and then the Me Too thing broke and yeah. then all of the the oddities related to his interactions with kids and then you were like, "Oh fuck, that wasn't him being like a yeah, like a fatherly. <laughs> oh, like, I'm going to put my arm around you and show you around the set. That was him grooming." Yeah, you. that was that was that was a wonderful experience to uncover. Yeah, I just like it because you investigate, you uncover shit, and then I talk to Brittany and she works me through all my psychological problems. <laughs> so it's a really good it's a mix. No, but seriously, you guys have an amazing uh, uh, show and an amazing audience as well. Like, I, I get a lot of love from your listeners. Shout out to Mikey in Chicago for sliding into my DMs, Ooh. Uh, oh, giving me wow. some compliments. Nice. So, yeah, you guys, you guys have wonderful listeners. They're all, they're all very, and even the ones that don't agree with, you know, what I say or what you say or what Brittany says, like yeah. they all try to engage in some kind of dialogue or conversation, which is, which is lovely. I love that. We need more of it. Yeah, for for sure. sure. Well, I think in the world, just in general. Well, because you've gotten, like, you guys have gotten death threats recently. Like, I've seen some crazy stuff. Yeah, on YouTube, it happens just about every week, one way or another. Yeah. 
But yeah. we certainly... Same. Some of them more serious than others. We have had the cops here before um, because of the death threats. Because some some are a little specific, a little more scary than other wor- other ones, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, listen. If a, they didn't do anything, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I'm still alive. They were <laughs> no, I mean the cops. Oh, no, the cops. Yeah, yeah they're fucking, they're worthless related to that. They're like, yeah. now, does the person who threatened you really know how to find you? And then also she said, are you really afraid? I was like, well... Here's the deal. There, there's a difference between a death threat that's an anonymous, I'm going to fucking kill you kind of a guy. Right. And someone who doesn't hide their, their where they work. They just right. do it from their regular Facebook account with their real name and their real workplace and the real town they live in. Yeah, that's crazy. That's, yeah, that's next level. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, and, and you never know. You really don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I was at... Um, I was at an event and somebody came up to me and, and they were kind of, they were talking about the film, Man Down. And they were talking about it and their fandom and kind of excitement and, and all those things weren't really to do with me. It was more of the movie. It was more like the cast. Hmm. It was more like Shia and Gary Oldman. And it, but. I mean, I know from doing security for so many years that yeah, yeah. you read somebody's body language and you go, okay, something's not right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's just a weird energy. Yeah. Like this very kind of, um, I'm ready to pounce like yeah. a cat yeah. when they start to curl up yeah, or, yeah, yeah. or a snake when they start to curl up. And this, um, gal, I probably even shouldn't have said that it was a, a female, but she, um, rolled, rolled up the sleeve of her arm and she had carved man down into her arm. Ooh. Yikes. And but was presenting it as kind of like isn't this amazing? <laughs> Don't you think this is wonderful? And I'm like I, w- I was like, sweetheart, like do not do this to your to mm-hmm. your body. This mm-hmm. is a, a terrible, terrible thing. Like you can't do this. Yeah. Like b- I mean the movie's uh, good, but it's not that fucking it, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's the greatest thing anybody's ever said. I mean, listen, I, wrote, I would agree wrote, too. You, I would agree too. Movie. I know you wrote a good movie, but goddamn, I know it's, it's not like, that good. It's like, listen, okay, this isn't there will be blood. Like, just <laughs> fucking calm down. You know, that's the greatest movie of all time. My I mean, movie? I mean, it's no Godfather Three, right? You know? <laughs> oh, that's gonna be controversial. That I don't is know. Be Godfather, Godfather Three is really, really good. I'm, I'm always partial Say to the that. first. To the Godfather first one. Three is a goddamn cartoon. Godfather Two <laughs> is the controversial. Main one. We don't want to go here. Yeah. Godfather One. Did you enjoy Let's Godfather Three? Let's talk about 3? abortion instead. Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that's amazing. So, oh my God. So yeah. There, listen, it, it Ooh, is. Uh, that's funny, Jesse. <laughs> it is odd. It is odd that people. Well, people are afflicted with all kinds of mental illnesses, and if I think like a stalker type person isn't right. always like. They, they run it through in their head that they're going to be uh, dangerous. And in their head, it's just affection sometimes. And I'm not speaking out of the DSM-5 or whatever. Dude, but right. I think a lot of times people, because of the internet, feel closer to people than they actually are. You Very know? true. Especially with podcasts. You know, someone's in your head. You're mm-hmm. listening to them all the time. You start to feel like you're developing a relationship with them. And it's very one-sided. And I think people can take that a little further than they need to sometimes yeah. i even see it in like personal relationship like my best friend of like 30 years that we won't talk for a long time and then when we do talk i'll be like well, what's going on he's like oh it's weird because i listen to you every day on youtube or so you're yeah. with me every day even in normal relationships healthy relationships 
that thing that Brittany just talked about kind of raises its head. Yeah, and I feel like uh, for me, well, we could talk. We we'll, we could talk about that in a minute. But I I am going through kind of a, like a transition in my life where. Um, simply because of causes I'm involved in, things that I speak about, how loud I am, mm-hmm. I need to limit that access. So I, I'm, I'm slowly, I'm contractually obligated to a few things as far as social, social media is concerned. But once those contracts are up, it's a wrap. I'm getting off, I'm getting off social media entirely. Uh, yeah. And I'll have, uh, mm. I mean, I'll keep my website that always kind of goes directly to me anyway. Uh, it'll go to my reps, but it will go to me. The people I care about, they'll, they'll be able to get access to me and that'll be it. It's mm-hmm. just for me, it just seems like anonymity is the new currency in, in my business. Hmm. So, um, I would, uh, is, I, I it, would I would hope you wouldn't do that. In yeah, my mind, I'm like, that's ah, gonna be a bummer. Is yeah, it because it's creating too many personal problems for you, or is it because you you don't want to say things that like alienate a certain segment of the population that your product could appeal to? Like, what what do you think is motivating it? It's I, I think it's three things. I think it's that. Um, I think it's uh, I think it's both of those things. It's caused a lot of problems for me personally. Mm-hmm. Um. Because you're the, mouthy or what? That and and just it's <laughs> you a, know what I mean. Yeah, it's a, it's a new world. I had a I had a friend. <laughs> this is so crazy. I had a buddy of mine, Noah Danby. He, he's a he's an actor. We're doing a television series together right now uh, with Gamont. Uh, as the same, same people who did uh, Point yeah, Blank. and the yeah. same guys who did Narco. So we were on the feature side. Now we're on the television side, and it's exciting. It's so cool. Um, but. He was like, you know, for, for a lot of guys, it's like, you know, um, this might be a terrible thing to say, but, and I didn't necessarily agree, but he was like, you know, uh, uh, Instagram is kind of like Sports Illustrated. Like you just get it, you're looking at it and you're like, oh, that's cool. But it's not like relationships, mm-hmm. but, but mm-hmm. there is the perception that people have, a, a kind of relationship with you or like mm-hmm. this really close personal thing with you. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of celebrities, a lot of Hollywood types exploit that. They turn it into like, ah, fuck it. They turn it into like this Russell brand. Like, here's how you need to, this is how you overcome mm-hmm. attachment, you know? And, and it yeah, starts yeah. to get real culty and real weird and, I don't know. It's it. It's a very strange landscape. Mm-hmm. I I I don't know. I, or maybe uh, to your point, Jesse, I might just kind of reimagine how I'm communicating with people. Yeah, like I might stay there, but just ch- do it differently or change kind of uh, how I'm approaching people because I'm kind of like a shotgun, like a sawed-off shotgun. Yeah, but sometimes we need that. I mean, I, I just... I, yeah. Listen, if it's for your mental health and it's for your wellness and it's for self-care, yeah. do that. Th- yeah, that's yeah. fine. But if it's because of some other thing that's like best for the business, you know, be you, man. I mean, that's yeah, an outlet. That's true. For me, every once in a while, I'll take a week and I just won't be on Twitter. I won't go on the app. I won't be, I won't I do be that there. too. But it is... It's an outlet for me, and I think it's healthy. I think it's interesting, though, what you said about Instagram being kind of a voyeuristic uh, medium, mm-hmm. where yeah. Twitter is kind of a relationship builder, mm-hmm. and then like or you, a relationship well, destroyer. You know, I mean, yeah, for yeah. Sure. <laughs> depending on how you use it. I mean, but you are you are interact. There's more interaction, I would say, on Twitter, yeah. than there is on Instagram. I mean, I I had a really 
amazing experience. Um, we, I came at this guy on, um, Twitter. Come at me, bro. Yeah. Joe, <laughs> Joe Carnahan had gone in on this guy and I went in on him because I, I've come in contact with so many fake bot accounts that claim they're military when yeah, they're not. Yeah. God damn. And so I came at this guy who goes by red. Um, and uh, I was on WTF Nation Radio, which those guys are so phenomenal, and they're they're big supporters of mine. I'm big supporters of them. But we, um, I came at this guy, and I was like, "Okay, another Russian bot, fake veteran, like go fuck yourself mm-hmm. and your and your you know Trumpisms and all your you know supporting this guy who's an absolute uh, piece of shit." And he came back and was like, "Really?" And all this, I mean, I set my phone down, said, "Fake veteran." Go go to hell. Set my phone down, picked it up, and it had hundreds of messages and tweets of people going, "I served with this guy. Oh, Fuck well. you!" Like yeah. just coming at me, and I was oh, like, wow. "Oh no!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I took a look at his account, but because I got to be careful about this, I'm good with saying this because he's yeah, he currently is. He's still involved in the military mm-hmm. and in a very kind of deep way which is ironic Mm -hmm. there's nothing real about him online yeah so i was like you're full of shit and all these other accounts are full of shit and fuck you fuck you and i just doubled down and then he dm'd me and started to kind of show some breadcrumbs of he was who who he said he was i made some calls to some people who i met in the in the military through man down um and confirmed and then I said, all right, dude, here's my number. Call me. And w- we went from fuck you. I can end you. You know, th- those <laughs> kinds of conversations to like, let's meet up. Fuck off yeah, to, yeah. to, uh, as soon as he picked up the phone, he's like, what's up? And I'm like, what's up with you? And then he goes, Hey man, I don't know. I think this thing's kind of out of control. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of out of control. And then, and then yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we like, talked movies and life and what he does over business and i was supposed to go out and visit him uh this month but things in my personal life just went absolutely bananas so i had to postpone it but we've developed like a really cool friendship and one of the benefits i think of yeah uh, of social media and and some of the people in his circle all the time are like you know uh uh, Kamala Harris needs to die. You know, like they'll say shit like that. Idiots. Yeah, they'll yeah. say idiotic shit. But uh, I've been able to at least find some kind of inroad with with those people, which I really value. Sure. So if you're able to do it, that's yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a hard. unique skill set. Dude, fucking, oh my god! But before we get into all, all of that, this, sorry, buddy. I, every fucking time we have you on, it just <laughs> it takes on a life of its own. I'm so sorry. There's probably a, a segment of the population here. We are 15 minutes in who don't even know who the fuck you are at all. <laughs> oh, so that so, that can't so be true. Adam Simon oh, is a, so an actor. Sorry. He's a screenwriter. He wrote a movie called Man Down that has Gary Oldman and Shia LaBeouf in it. Mm-hmm. You've done, you had all kinds of other projects, and I don't have your uh, resume in front of me. I just, but your most recent project, yeah. that was advertised, they got behind it from a marketing standpoint really on, on Netflix. They is, really did. Is point blank with Frank Grillo and mm-hmm. Anthony Mackie. Yes. And uh, what's the the gal's name? Who's fucking fantastic? Marsha Gay Harden. Marsha Gay Harden. She's a yeah. beast. And it's they. I mean, they had like full 
they took over Times Square with yeah. their marketing and the yeah, video. Crazy, I saw you, dude. I saw you in New York with the picture, and you were just like, "Is this fucking real life?" Yeah, it blew my mind. What was that like? I was insane because with Man Down, there wasn't really any marketing. It was kind of this this film that we believed in, and and the cast and Diddle Montiel and and everybody kind of believed in, and even the even the people at Lionsgate really believed in it. But we knew it it was. Kind of what we imagined. More of an this, indie project, right? Yeah, I mean, like, kind of a Fox Searchlight yeah, type of deal. Yeah. And then with um, Point Blank, mm-hmm. we started into it and it just, it just kind of took a life uh, uh, of its own and turned into it. It really didn't start off this way. I mean, it did. It was infused in the script and some of the elements, but it really turned into this homage to 80s action flicks and even even in the sense of so i know some people have watched it and found some plot holes and found some things and i'm like go back to the 80s action movies you'll see right. the same shit yeah, yeah, yeah. see the same things so we um car yeah. wash fight scenes and all car wash fight scenes and all man so we we uh it turned into that and i think once netflix saw that at least uh that end product on the horizon mm-hmm. they just thought this is great like let's let's jump behind it so it was really strange for me to see like drive down in LA and see billboards and yeah, and and then I, bet. I mean that was bana- on sunset like driving down sunset and you're like oh there's peaky blinders there's yeah expensive real estate yeah like yeah. really big time movies and then boom there's point blank all that's your crazy hard work reflected back at you yeah that's has to be bizarre. an amazing feeling it, that's bizarre it, and it's it's good there there was a scene that i, I don't know if you'll, this will surprise you probably won't surprise the audience cuz i'm a boob who cries but there is a scene i don't want to no spoilers here but there is a scene between the two brothers yeah. that I legit mm-hmm. was crying. Bro, let me tell you about let me tell you about that. So the guy who plays um Frank's brother is this guy Christian Cook, who I that's my brother. Like I love that guy. And we th- in in this town and 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 with everybody involved in the project, we throw that term around like wow, yeah. it's my brother, it's my brother. I just went, I just spent an entire day with Christian, uh, two days ago in Lancaster Palmdale, where I grew up, because we've got a couple projects. One that I'm co-writing with Christian and, and another one I'm doing on my own that deals with abuse, deals with child abuse. And so I wanted to take him out into that world. And we ended up at, at this, uh, biker bar. That when, when we were talking to people in the town, like the, the, which I, I grew up in that area. So I, I was familiar with it, mm-hmm. but I didn't know it was of that level. Like cops and EMT guys were like, do not go there. Like oh, some, yeah. someone was, you know, shot there last week. Like don't go there. So we went there and, and, um, so I got to r- spend some more time and Christian and I locked ourselves in a, in a hotel for, seven days when we were in Cincinnati and worked on the rough outline of the script. And since then he's really dove in as the writer and is just cranking out like 40 pages and just doing amazing work. And then we met to kind of smooth out the edges, give him some more backstory. Sorry. I went off on a tangent. It's just that guy's such a phenomenal actor, Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. like such a phenomenal actor. And I think, you know, and by the way, that was his first day on set. 
that scene. Oh, wow. It was his first day. He, he comes to set and they're like, here you go. Here's all this stuff. And here's your climax monster scene right out the gate. Bam. And they just hit him with it. So, um, he's, he's really, really great. But in point blank, all the supporting cast are that way. Like you look at, Marquise Moore, who played Big D, mm-hmm. like he's phenomenal. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's so fun and just kind of like that whole scene when you know Frank pulls out the flash drive and he's like, "Wow, what the fuck yeah, are you yeah, doing?" Yeah, you yeah. know, like, "Oh, it's a grenade." Yeah. And, you know, he's he's. I think everybody, Cheetah, like all these all these guys, you know, Daniel Hill, like all, all these supporting cast, they're great. I, I just I love the leave movie. something for the audience. To all right, watch. all right, all right, all right. I'm but, trying to be careful with spoiler alerts, and you're over here fucking. Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> the movie was. <laughs> and Joe and Joe Lynch, by the way, Joe Lynch is is uh, director. Yeah, yeah, just a stud. It, it I mean, that was so much so fun. Well, yeah, it was so much fun so watching well it. Shot. Yeah. yeah, and we we do want to give you credit as well because you had a fantastic performance in oh, the movie as here. well. Oh yeah, <laughs> and Jesse was so excited he had to replay <laughs> it. He's like, "Did you see that? We have to go back and watch oh, it." And it wasn't even fun. like I've got friends who are actors. Like, yeah, in that I've seen in you know hundreds of episodes of things like yeah and so it's not even like oh look i know that guy yeah. it's and th- this is in the trailer so it's not like yeah a, yeah for sure not, this isn't a spoiler but they've got the they've got frank grillo in the in the in the <laughs> the fucking elevator taking they're trying to steal him away and you're the cop who's like playing the fucking angry birds or whatever and they <laughs> candy crush yeah candy crush. <laughs> All right. and they've, they're trying to you're trying to guard him yeah. And so he gets the paddles, the defib, and he shocks you with it, and you, you fucking own it, man. You, your arms, your arms go down, and you twist to the side, and you just smash into the elevator. Did you hurt yourself? I did. Because it yeah. looked like you might have hurt yourself. Yeah, I did. So, uh, <laughs> so there's a go. <laughs> I, really, I, I really paused it, talked to Brittany, rewound it, and had to watch it again. He got out yeah. his computer and he sent off an Emmy nomination for you. That's what happened. <laughs> That's amazing. We did. Uh, well, a couple of things happened since then. People have uh, put that video of me getting shocked and falling over on a loop for like five minutes yeah. and done it to like the Macarena. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, they've done like all kinds of weird shit, which is so fun to to watch. Um, uh, also that short again, low, 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 like somebody's done it to that and I'm just like shaking and it looks like I'm doing a dance. Yeah. Yeah. Shock. That'd be a good one. Uh, so yeah, there's that. And then, um, uh, yeah. So how, how that, uh, oh, and then my brother's song, like my brother, my brother's a fucking idiot. Okay. So like he, (laughs) he's, uh, he's this really like successful, amazing lawyer destroys people. Like this guy's taken on massive, massive cases, like involving, you know, target and Walmart. I mean, he's like, he's at the top of, you know, the game ranked number five lawyer in the country on toplawyers.com. Um, but that a website. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, but he, uh, uh, he's got this as everybody in my family does this like artistic side. Mm-hmm. And he was a musician. Like he's, he knows how to play the piano, uh, plays the trombone. Idiot. That's a weird, um, way, to, that's a weird <laughs> way to say not idiot. Cause bro- all your, all brothers yeah. are idiots. Yeah. But it's a weird way to say that he knows how to play the piano rather than he plays the piano. Isn't that weird? 
Yeah, that You're is weird. You're a fucking weird guy. I'm he knows something dude. about it. He knows how to play the piano. Yeah. He knows how to he play He knows it. how. He never does, but he knows how to well, do that, it. Well, that's because that's the thing. He knows how to speak Spanish. <laughs> Who says that? Who says that? I do. I say that. I say he knows how to speak Spanish. Why did I just say he speaks Spanish? That's so weird. Anyway, continue no, about your brother. But that is. That's weird. I'm writing this down. He knows. I, listen, he I don't, knows I, little things like that. How to? I think it's where I grew up. That's that's also a Lancaster Palmdale ism. Like uh, we say, here's another thing for people who live in L.A. We say Side track number seven. Yeah, go here ahead. we go. We say down below. <laughs> oh, so we go. Oh, you you up here visiting from down below? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's something that people in that desert town, Lancaster Palmdale, they'll be like, "Oh, you from down below?" Or, or we'll say, "That's fucking weird." Yeah, for north, we'll say, "Oh, over the hills." Not up there or up north? Nah, we uh. say, "Oh, over the hills." All right, down below, over the hills. Mm. Yeah, it's just fucking weird. But let it, me write my note. Never go <laughs> to Lancaster, California. <laughs> that is solid, dude. That's solid advice. Solid advice. <laughs> Meth capital of the world. But we, uh, yeah, so that scene, going back to, going back to that scene, which is really crazy. Uh, I, I showed up. I kind of, you know, did the thing. My father was a cop and we, and I also got to do security with my father. Mm-hmm. So watching my father work was kind of that thing. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know what's going on. Yeah, this is easy breezy. I, I see what's happening. Like everybody likes to play like command presence, but that's not most cops. Most cops don't give a shit, especially when they're doing like that kind of work. Like mm-hmm. they just don't care. Unless it's a high speed chase right, or a right, robbery right. in progress, like they don't give a fuck. Meaning Trying to like get that high score. Yeah, if yeah. they're on hospital duty, yeah, it's like yeah. I, I'd rather be anywhere else. So that's kind of how I did it. And Mackie and I had spent some time smoking cigars and shooting shit for for a few days. And he's one of the most lovely human beings I've ever met in my entire life, uh, right up there with Keanu Reeves. And um, so we got on set, and he's like, "Man." You know, looking at you in that uniform, I don't know how I'm supposed to treat you with any kind of disdain or dislike. Like, this is going to be a little hard for me. And I was like, shut up. <laughs> it's just acting or whatever. But then when we did the scene and I, I kind of did it that way of like, oh, you're the nurse who got jumped. <laughs> I thought you were a chick, you know, like that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. As soon as we finished that scene, he came over and he goes, uh, hey, what I said before, I take that back. I can't fucking stand you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> then, so, so then we we went in and did the scene. But that that uh, little jump, I talked to Frank Torres uh, and um, Frank got injured uh, on set. And oh. so there was a day where... You know, he was kind of out and this guy was was stepping in and doing some stuff. So I spoke to both of them and just said, hey, this is what I'm thinking. Like on this thing, you know, when when somebody gets hit, they just stiff leg like deer leg like they're done like and then you just fall over. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how it is with like that kind of an actual injury. But when you get knocked out. That's what happens. Yeah, that's Your what arms happens. don't go down. They actually go out. Yeah. But you do stiffen. Uh, you, yeah. And then it's go like, over. like a plank just falling over. Yeah. And yeah. I said, so that's how I want to do it. And he's like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> so he, he fitted me with a, a back pad because hmm. I was going to land on my back. So I had that under my shirt. And so when we did it, I just boom, boom, you know, you just fell it, over. Though. It was good. But then it 
pushed out the wall oh. that I felt. So that's a set. It's not a real elevator. Like huh. they, they built that. Hmm. So we could have a little more room, position the cameras and do that stuff. Yeah. So the second take, they're like, uh, they brought the stunt guys out and they held up the wall I was going <laughs> to fall against because they're like, I don't know how many of, the, of these, right, right, you know, right. this they could take. I think we did... I think we did three of the no, we did four of the fall. Mm. Um, because they got they got some different angles, but it, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And dude. the last one, you just smashed through the set, and it was done. Yeah, they couldn't it was do it anymore. They couldn't yeah. do it anymore. But it was <laughs> it was a blast. And then Mackie with the paddles, he just goes, "I'm gonna go." I mean, he's super considerate, and I was like, "Just punch me with them. Yeah. Like, just come in and just boom, just hit me with them, because that'll help me." you know, go back, which, which he did. He obliged, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I think he took, took a lot of pleasure in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, it was fun. I, I it's just, just a little cute I, it's moment. It's an interesting, it's an it interesting fun. craft, man, acting. And, and I mean, I've never done it, so I have no fucking idea, but it seems like something that would be like, after we watched the movie, I thought to myself, like, how did Adam get into the head? Like what you probably thought about that for like a week or before i mean you wrote the goddamn thing so you you probably had it in your head how it was going to go down yeah but like a, a normal actor who didn't write the fucking movie that he's acting in would you would think they would like oh how am i gonna like really analyze what they're gonna do and think about it and not just like get on set and just like oh i'm just gonna fall there's right. a lot of there's a lot of preparation yeah and uh, this is this is part of my displeasure with uh the filmmaking process just in general and how it's set up is it's it's like a cult (laughs) which is why i think so many cults gravitate to hollywood but i think the filmmaking process itself so it's it's collaborative it's a Mm -hmm. bunch of fucking people working on this thing like even from my standpoint of the script now from the very first pitch packet to when they said cut and they were no longer using the script anymore I did about a thousand pages, a uh, little, little over a thousand pages of rewrites and additions and input that came from everybody from producers to cast to, um, st- the stunt team to the location managers. I mean, we had one instance, one sequence that I wrote that took place in a train station with moving trains and all kinds of it shit. It didn't make the movie. No, yeah. because the uh, line producer, this guy, Scott Putman, uh, came to me and was just like, Hey man, we can't, too, we can't too fucking co- afford too, this. Yeah, too costly. Right? And, and then he's like, but I'm checking with the location manager. And then the locations came back and said, well, not only that, but we can't find something that actually fits that in like, Ohio. Something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. In Cincinnati and <laughs> downtown Cincinnati. So then it goes, okay, we got to rewrite the scene to make it work. And then it became, well, what do you guys have out hmm. there? Like, send me some pictures, show me what you got. And then it went into rewrites. But at every step of that process, I was the guy who went hands on. The only time that it wasn't hands on was a dialogue, uh, polish that was, that Carnahan came in. Joe Carnahan came in and was like, Hey, let's turn the dials and amp up kind of some of the dialogue in mm-hmm. here, uh, in, in some things. Um, and it, it, there was one, one that I'll always remember that was really funny where he came back to me and he goes, uh, he goes, bro, say this line out loud, how you wrote it, then say it out loud like this. And I did. And he goes, tell me which one's funnier. And I'm like, oh, it's your way. Your way's funnier, yeah, like a hundred percent. And we have a really good writing relationship that way. You but, and Carnahan. Yeah. Yeah. It's he's gotta great. be great having that guy as a resource as a, I don't, yeah. I don't know if mentor would be too strong. 
But he, he, that guy with smoking aces and fucking <laughs> sparring uh, partner, <laughs> El Chicano, some of the shit he's he, done. No, is, dude, he's a phenomenal writer. His brother's a phenomenal writer. It's like in the genes. You yeah, know what I mean? And, yeah. and um, even his tweeting is fucking his tweeting's next pretty level. Epic. Like, God damn, I wish I yeah. could write like this guy. It's, it's pretty fucking epic, dude. And I've, I've always gone in guns blazing uh, on behalf of the guy. But yeah, it's, um, but point blank. And, it's so weird. The, getting back to my original thought was this. The system is set up to benefit a select few, which is very odd to me. Like, we will celebrate the director and the actors. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I, I noticed it last night even when, when it, even Netflix, when they, they, they picture in picture that the credits go to the small, uh, the small screen at the top, and then it, it highlights what's coming next. And they did it right before it goes to small screen, right when your name is getting said. So I wanted to That's see kind it. Of karmic. <laughs> I wanted to see it. So I went back and I tried, and I, it was, it was a pain in the dick to try to make it full screen yeah. so I could see the credits and see all the people involved. You know, and I get it that they're yeah. trying to move on to the next thing to keep you involved and keep you engaged. But th- the person who writes the movie at the very fucking least, the creator of the goddamn idea <laughs> yeah. should be featured in highlight. It's actually something we were just talking about this morning because, um, and not to like drop names and shit on people, but here we go. Um, <laughs> go for it. Uh, James Corden has a segment on his late night show. Um, yeah. Spill your guts or fill your guts or something. It's where they have like the the lazy Susan of all the gross foods. Yeah, and the yeah. Fear, fear factor. Kind of. Yeah. And yeah. you yeah. you either have to eat the gross food or you have to answer a question answer that questions. you don't want to answer. And yeah. Jimmy Kimmel was on with him, mm. and James Corden had to eat some gross food. And Jimmy Kimmel asked him a question and says, um, "Can you name just one of the crew?" members that are standing in this room like with us one, right now one cameraman just, just one. one of the cameramen and he couldn't do it and he had to eat yeah. the food because he didn't know the support staff he didn't know the crew and quite honestly because i know the guy like that's kind of indicative of the type of person that he is so shot, sh- shots fired there shitty but it's yeah. very shitty i think that speaks to what but you're saying he can, right? get that- on, he can get on screen and like laugh and yuck it up and everybody thinks he's fucking amazing yeah but yeah you know, it is it is this strange cult of personality mm-hmm. that that is Hollywood. Now, I understand marketing. I understand you got to prop certain yeah, yeah, individuals yeah. up and shit like that. But you know, where it becomes an issue for me is when when issues of credit, like what you're yeah, talking about, yeah. and when people start taking credit for shit they didn't do, and when that happens, I, you know, then I gotta then I gotta step up and just be like, you know, like. Um, Daniel Day Lewis in the Crucible and just be like, this is my name. Like, it's my name. Yeah. All I have is my name. I didn't make millions of dollars off of this. I didn't even make hundreds of thousands of dollars off of this. Mm-hmm. I made under that. Mm-hmm. So, fucking relax and mm-hmm. take a step back and give people credit where credit is due. Absolutely. Because without, you know, and, and also people, you know, and I'm not shitting on her. She's a wonderful person. I've, I've met her. But people slip up, and I'll I'll chalk it up to that that it was a slip up. But like Olivia Munn coming out and saying like I do all my own stunts, bullshit, <laughs> like bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You have a stunt person. This is one of the things I appreciate. You should know their name. Yeah, and you should, and give you them should know their name. Talk about and them. you should fucking take care yeah, of them. I, by the way, I agree with and that. not just go. 
well, you know, I am the trawler that goes out to sea. You mm-hmm. are the seagull that follows it. So just make sure you catch whatever fish yeah. fall off the back of my fucking ass. You know who's good about this th- very thing is fucking Keanu Reeves. He's he knows he's the best. his stuntman's name, dude. He he's knows the best. That he talks about he's him. He's the interviews. best at everything. If we're being honest, seriously. Yeah. Listen, if, speaking of cults, and I want to get to this because it's interesting yeah. you bring up cults in Hollywood. We're going to talk if about if there it. was going to be a cult. I, I could get behind uh, Keanu Reeves as a cult leader. <laughs> listen, I, I'm not big on the religion thing. I left I left uh, evangelical Christianity a long time ago. It's amazing, but I could have him be my the one. <laughs> I, listen, man, he is. They are my making one. Matrix Four now. <laughs> yeah, they just greenlit that. So yeah, I I sat down with Keanu for for about about an hour, uh, which turned into a later meeting that we met up. Uh, to talk about a project that I had, a script that I had written, and I've never been treated better. Yeah, honestly, not by not by anybody, not by, by like even people in the industry who I call friends. Like he he was, um, yeah, just very kind. I mean, this is a guy who suffered a lot of loss in his life, but it takes a special kind of individual to maintain a certain level of of connection to things that are real in an industry where nothing is real. And listen, before we do a deep dive on this, because we're going to, I like, I don't bemoan a lot of this stuff because I understand what it is. I understand that working in Hollywood is like working in the strip club. Like if I, if I'm in the strip club and I go, what the fuck are all these dollar bills doing on the floor? And the floor is kind of sticky and it smells, you know, like sea salt and peanuts in here. What the fuck am I doing? Sea salt. <laughs> I don't know. We won't go there or graham crackers. <laughs> but like if I'm, if, you know, if Stale I beer puke. And yeah. Yeah. And, and it's like, yeah. if I'm complaining about that, it's like, yeah, dude, but you work there that mm-hmm. it comes with the territory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not to say you can't run a cleaner and a better establishment, which is what I'm always pushing for. But but that is kind of the nature of the business, that we worship a select few over the efforts and the influence of the many. What what in the hell would Avengers be without the special effects teams? Mm-hmm. It would be a bunch of guys wandering around on a green screen set uh, yeah. looking like... It would you know. be like 1930s fucking Godzilla or right. King Kong. Well, and right. we stayed after the movie for the list of those names, and yeah. it just goes and it goes, goes and goes forever. You know, and yeah, no one knows that yeah. they had such a powerful contribution to yeah. that that film. It, it, it is one of the things that I went, and then we can we can wrap on this thing. Um, it, it is one of the reasons why I like those Marvel movies. Is because there's something at the end, so you have to wait through all of that. I wish all movies had like a little Easter egg at the end, yeah, um, to force people to sit through and realize just how much human effort goes into making this art form. This is fucking a beautiful thing, yeah. And it's shitty that we we as a as a as a consuming public only look at the Robert Downey Juniors and right. not all of the the myriad hundreds of people. That come behind um, well, and to it, make the it's, fucking thing. Yeah, and it's the running joke, right? Like even all the way to the Academy Awards, which is uh, an absurd. No stunt. No, no fucking stunt, stunt category. No stunt category. Which goddamn. I mean, dude, these guys put their everything on the line. Their Literal health, their safety. Lives on the yeah, line. people die. Yeah, people die every year mm-hmm. working on films, and it's like. You're not going to support these guys. You're not going to celebrate these guys, man. Fuck you. And, and, you know, even 
for writers like when they get up and they get they i every year it's the running joke and now everybody's favorite uh award best screenwriting you know and the crowd laughs because they know all anybody cares about is best picture and best fucking yeah, but without, you know, whatever without the fucking screenwriter and i'm not just blowing smoke because you're here you know i'll shit on you no you face don't to face. You, yeah you <laughs> it's the fucking critical it is the most critical aspect i mean if there's a most it's the initial creation of the fucking words that are said yeah. on the screen. The initial creation of the, of the direct direction of like walks in room has sm- snarky look on face. Right, right. All of that comes from the mind yeah. of Adam G. Simon. Oh, no, no. The fanfare should start well, here. Dude, no, I mean, I, I mean, that's so funny. <laughs> I, dude, this is the, the, the original screenplay that you make, and for anybody who's listening who wants to get into writing or, or any of that stuff, the original screenplay that you make is is never, nor should it be considered to be, uh, like a blueprint. Like, here's the blueprint. Go build my house. Make sure you don't change the tile or the drapes or anything. Right, like, right, this right. Is, it's a living, breathing document that basically... <laughs> like the Constitution. <laughs> yeah, it's a living, breathing document like the Constitution. But it, but it, uh, it's, it's saying... This is what it looks like. And then from there, all these other people start to participate and start to collaborate. And then it becomes what the film is. Now, what's crazy about it is that once it gets there, critics, by and large, will look at it and they'll go, oh, what a shitty script. What a terrible thing. What Mm a oh fuck this moment or fuck that moment. Not knowing that, okay, well, that moment was improvised, not script. That moment was changed yeah. because we There's couldn't no afford trains. it. Yeah. That moment over there, there actually was another scene that went in between these two scenes, and that was cut out for time. Mm-hmm. There's the movie you write. There's the movie you shoot. There's the movie you edit. And yet critics nowadays always circle back to that beginning process and go, well, here, here's the fault. It's the fault of the, of the script. The man down script, for example, is very different. In, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. from the finished product. Yeah. Now that's not, neither positive nor negative for me. I'm just happy the baby's born. Like yeah. I, I always approach movies, uh, particularly ones that I write on of, you know, the baby's born. I'm not going to go, you know, Oh my God, my child, my child's so beautiful, but kind of fat. Um, <laughs> fuck, hey, you, I Donald hate Trump? this baby. <laughs> yeah, I know. Donald Trump would do some, some shit like that, but I don't do that. I always support the projects. What's been frustrating for me in the feature space, which is why I'm moving into television like full force and uh working with you know noah damby working with gary fleeter working with gamont joanna buyer uh uh their their team over there and we're we're moving aggressively over the next two weeks to get the show sold uh which is an amazing concept and i'm really proud of it we've worked on it for fucking five years but it's um because there's a little more control a little more respect a little more, a, a, a little more of a spirit of collaboration, as opposed to the feature space. Straight up, I've had scripts stolen. I've I've written way too many things for free. I, I I've created, Jesus man, I've I've created dozens of pitch packets. Uh, you know, dozens of scripts done polishes for free for people, and it's and it's always been. Some of these are fucking a listers, by the way. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I've done rewrites and polishes on scripts with the understanding. And yeah, Adam, you can't complain if you didn't consult your manager or agent or legal, you know, lawyers, which when I, you're just starting out. You don't have those. Fucking you don't things. have those things. But it was always with the understanding of like, hey, man, this shit gets made. Mm-hmm. All I care about is credit. All I care about is you going, hey, you know what? I ran this by Adam Simon. He did a rewrite on it yeah, for me for sure. free. I just want to thank him. Because your name it. out there, your name floated out there is a big deal. But right. Hang on. But I I've. I've, this is I haven't gotten you're, any you're, of that. Your tangent and oh, number sorry. fucking 45 here. Sorry, buddy. I, I, I want to talk about, Brittany and I were talking ADD. about the... Um, the video that you did no, in no, response yeah, to the, the, the New York Times uh, critic. <laughs> well, the video was hilarious, yes. but also just in general... Um, yeah, how, how you deal with it. Right? Why don't you love me? <laughs> Even Sintelli. Because it, it has to be difficult, right? I mean, this thing that you have put so much time and effort into, and then you open up the New York Times and you read this this criticism Point of, blank of your project hollo- hobbles along in a <laughs> in a mundane attempt at action. Um, so, what's your approach? How do you how do you tackle something like that? Do you get pissed off at first, and then you kind of process it? What does it look like? I had a lovely uh, exchange with critic. Uh, we went back and forth and people were actually like, Oh my God, like you guys had a, a, but the thing about that critic was he was fair. He was absolutely fair. He's was like, there anything in that New York times piece that was correct or that you would give a little credence to? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, right on, right on. I mean, I mean, saying that the camera work was sloppy, that it was, you know, this and that. It's like you, you're insane. You cannot watch that car chase sequence and and commend one the camera work to the action three the direction four the editing five the sound design it 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 was done so well and i think the thing lynch did and the dp Juan miasperos did did so well was they took a look at at a car chase and went you know what we need a car chase with a PT cruiser. Nobody's ever fucking yeah, done yeah, that, yeah. you know. <laughs> and and how does a PT cruiser get away from cops, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's not like a Lamborghini and Fast and Furious. And so he he approached it in a different way. Yeah. Um. So you can't you can't say shit like that. But I've had critics say say things, and I've I've spoken to critics, and we've had really great conversations because I go, oh, that's true. That's fair. That's fair. That's that's a fair critique, and and that makes sense. And we have a, a good back and forth. But it's when somebody goes, "Oh, sloppy, lazy, you know, interminable." Like it, it, they, there, I feel like you know Michael Keaton in in Birdman when he goes, "These are just labels. They're just fucking labels." Like you're lazy. Oh, you're a lazy fucker. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. and and then it goes. You know, it costs you nothing. Carnahan said something. He said, "What is the best?" F- what what is the what is the best film critic without the worst film? Hmm. Nothing. Nobody. Hmm. Like it it it's it's Hang on, I'm trying to process that. Yeah. What is the what is the best film critic without the worst film? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no there's if if your existence, if your your existence and what you create, your product exists only because another product exists you're a parasite and another bad product exists right right right. like it's it's a parasitic relationship it's not symbiotic now i've i i think 
film analysis and critique is is very valuable. But we're now in a time where everybody's got a bullhorn and they just go, I watch a lot of movies, so I'm a film critic. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but if you don't know what people's responsibilities are, you know, that's like, you know, if, if you don't, if you come into a construction job knowing nothing about construction or how a construction site works and you walk in and go, fire the foreman. Yeah. I, it's very listen. much like my frustration in my field um, when people like try to diagnose people and they're talking there about the go. psychological issues that people have. And I'm like, hang on, like, you know, yeah. just because yeah. you know some people that have some problems listen, doesn't I, mean that you can diagnose people. Like how <laughs> often is the word psychopath yeah. thrown around nowadays? Yeah. And yes. they go, this is very psychopathic behavior oh really are you qualified to make that diagnosis right yes i watched a netflix documentary and it's like no asshole or i listen to yeah. a couple podcasts about yeah, yeah. i'm really into true crime I, listen <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, I'm with you but but somewhere along the line mm. whether i know anything about construction and i'm just pushing back because that's what i do do here, it baby um when you walk into a house and you trip over the the front doorstep because it's not fucking flush or it's too high, you don't need to know anything about construction to say, oh, shit, that's fucked up. Sure. Somebody fucked that up. Yeah, absolutely. When you open up a cabinet and it just closes on its own or a cabinet won't stay closed on yeah. its own, you know, I don't need to know anything about this how is, a level works, but I know that's fucked up. Yeah, this is Gili that you're talking about right now. <laughs> <laughs> how dare you be a critic? How fucking dare you be a critic? Yeah, I mean, we even said this on set. It takes a lot of work and a lot of money and a lot of people to even make a shitty film. Because listen, mm -hmm. let me say and this. As, and as long as it's approached in that spirit, I, if it's like... Because I'm a dick about movies. Right. I've walked out of movies that I paid for to sure. see. You paid Terrence for it. Terrence Malick. Yeah. Fuck that guy. And I don't oh, hate that guy. Oh, man. No, no, we're going to have a disagreement. I don't hate that guy. What movie but was Tree it? Tree of Life. Oh, how dare you, sir? <laughs> well, you know what? Then have a, have a movie with the story. It was the, it was the Philip Seymour Hoffman one. That, that was oh. another one. Master. Um, uh, the the ma Master? Yeah, The Master. Oh, yeah. my God. I love that movie. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> of fucking course you do. But Tree of Life. I just liked it because it was talking about. What we were yeah, talking about earlier, cults. cults. Which, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, again, anyway. I, I want to get to. I, I do. Yeah. I do get what Adam is saying, though. Right? I understand what you're saying too. It's okay. I think, it's okay for people to be wrong. Yeah. You guys are just fucking wrong. <laughs> anyway, about this. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to say I see both sides. I feel like that phrase is so loaded now because now, of Donald yeah. Trump. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but I do. I see both sides here. <laughs> um. Because there are things about like story writing and yeah. movies that I. I don't get right. I'm not trained in writing a story. I don't know how to do those things, you know, so I would defer to people who know more about that than me. I can say, oh, I personally like this didn't personally resonate with me. But can I really dive deep into where the plot holes were and how right. things didn't fit together? Like, right. probably not. You know? Yeah. And I'm not I'm not talking about uh, audience goers because it is uh, subjective. Like, yeah. like us with Tree of Life. Like right. you could go, not for me. This isn't a thing. It should have had this and walk out. But when someone assigns blame, like when somebody comes into it and goes, this I is clearly and I'm guilty of that. Right, for right. sure. But, but when your job is to be a film critic, when you're mm -hmm. making money off of that and you come into it and go, this clearly is the fault of a terrible script or this is clearly the fault of the director who was sloppy. It's like, Wait a minute. How do you know that wasn't an editor's choice? Yeah. Like, right. yeah, yeah. like all the other factors that could go right. into like whatever an, the decision was. And I really mean that in a very literal sense. There's the movie you write, there's the movie you shoot, there's the movie you edit. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of times 
people can take a, a film and they go, oh my God, what are we going to do with this? It was shot horrifically. Like, what? How are we going to say this? And you pay big dollars to an editor right. who unfucks the whole yeah, situation. Yeah, he complete. And an editor can make a performance for an actor. An uh, editor can make a director yeah. look like a million bucks. Uh, an editor can make a screenwriter uh, well, look really amazing. Before I dig yeah. myself a hole that, from which I cannot crawl out of, <laughs> the Terrence Malick thing, like Tree Alive, look. Yeah. Uh, a, from a story perspective, I think it was shit. However, right. from dinosaurs editing, and all yeah, that like, other stuff. But the editing, it was for sure creative. Mm-hmm. But I go to a movie not for the editing. I go for to a movie to watch a story. I want to be moved by something. Yeah, and there it was a failure there. Yeah, I mean, for it, me, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, so. I I see how people have that opinion. Like for me, it's like like. Why are you making the "I'm gonna slice your throat" yeah. motion? <laughs> he's talking, he's talking, but he's he's indicating he's gonna murder me. Talking the, about reading body <laughs> language. Oh my god! <laughs> Bring it like, full circle. Like for me, Terrence Malick is is uh, listening to listening to uh, you know the rantings of my grandfather. Like it's it's he, kind of he's like he's up his own ass. He's got to be up his own ass. It's like a, and it, I'm not expecting you. No, to- no, I understand it's an, it, it's an acquired taste. But like for me, a Terrence Malick film is a very very particular thing. It's like you you go in there to watch uh, almost like slices of his memory, like growing up in Texas, having a father that was very distant, um, being kind especially of a strange. With Tree of Life, yeah, mean? especially yeah, with yeah. Tree of Life. Uh, and you watch something like that and go, wow, like they're kind of living through something. There's a moment in Tree of Life when Brad Pitt's son comes outside and everybody's playing. Now, this is a guy who's very cold and distant from his children. And there's a moment where his son comes up and hugs him. Like he wraps his arms mm-hmm. around him. In the yard. Yeah. And and Brad Pitt, d- kind of, his hands are kind of out of his side. And then he pats his son on the back and then moves him away from him and then shakes his hand. Yeah. And that was very powerful for me, and and just for that, I thought, all right, that's great. Yeah, well, you're like, that's, that's very good. very fairness and charity you're lending to it. Yeah, I just, I mean, there there and and look, there are movies where I go, okay, what the fuck are you doing? Like like stop that. But I, I as much as possible, I try to find good good moments and things. Mm-hmm. Like I, I said, I except Gili, fuck that movie. I could I could learn from that. I could do that <laughs> better. I'm such a you hypocrite. could do that better. I'm but, such when a you, hypocrite. but when you thank you, I just said that. Yeah. I literally just said that. <laughs> no, I, it's just usually I'm the target of She's the got movie aggression. Yeah. So um, we tried to watch Life is a House, which I love that movie and he hates it. So we always have these disagreements. Well, I also don't like cookie cutter shit. Listen, yeah. it, for me, it's middle ground. I don't want to leave a movie walking out going, what the fuck just happened? But I also, <laughs> I don't need training wheels like Manchester by the Sea is a movie that's fucking beautiful. It's awesome. Yeah. Because they don't, everything's not laid out like formulaic for the audience yeah. to figure out. You got to do some work. But yeah. treat, treat, uh, the, the life as a house is just like the most predictable fucking thing in the world. Anyway, let, let's, let's. Yeah, I mean, and I, I really wanted to stretch, which, which I, I'm very grateful for the opportunity that I've had to do that. Um, doing something like Man Down, and then, and then being able to do something creative, uh, like a, a creative and commercial, like Point Blank. And now I've got a bit of freedom to be able to go back in and do tell the stories that I really want to tell. And, you know, specifically Rare Breed, which is this series that I'm doing 
uh, which is which is I'm really excited about. But also these two stories that I just want I want to tell stories that make me a better person and help me because this is my therapy. You know, coming from a guy who's you know met with a team <laughs> of therapists ever since I was twelve. This seems to be the best way for me to work out my shit uh, is in writing it and telling stories and kind of trying to work through these issues that I'm trying to work through. So I'm excited to be able to do that Mm -hmm. now. And maybe that maybe that turns into great storytelling. Maybe it doesn't. But, you know, I'm I'm kind of shying away from those those things that are cookie cutter, like what you're talking about. Like, I I kind of want to go back to. Those those things that will just help me to be a better person, which is also one of the reasons why I no longer live in L.A. You know, I moved as far away as humanly yeah, possible yeah. as I could I could do farther I'm, away than we are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, considering even going farther, I mean, there's some opportunities for me now that are outside of the country. And mm-hmm. I just uh, Jesse and I were talking about this coming in. This is a tangent, but I think it leads into the thing you want to talk about. Ta- Jesse tangent away is um Jess, what I what I love about both of you guys, and why I love coming in contact with Ooh, you, I love and, when people talk about what they love about. Yeah, me. Is, <laughs> I mean, for both of you guys, it's like whenever I get around you, I feel a lot more optimistic mm. about things because my usual day to day, I'm not very optimistic. I'm not optimistic about our country. I'm not optimistic about where we're going. I'm not optimistic about the world. I'm I'm just a kind of a fatalist. Mm. Maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm being honest about it, most fatalists like to go, I'm a realist. Mm-hmm. I just keep it real. Yeah, man. that's right. That's exactly what And they it's say. like, no, your vision is skewed by your <laughs> experiences. And, and so, yeah, I, I mean, I look at, um, you know, the fact that, you know, we're burning the Amazon for profit. That's what's going on right now down there. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're, we're destroying our planet for money. We got this guy in the White House. I know Jesse. You were like, "No, nah, he's not going to win, man. We got this. He's not going to win a second. You know, well, second." That's my term. take on it right now. But yeah. it is. I don't, I know don't have a, that take. Yeah, I, don't I don't have that take. A, he's going to win. I don't know if it's oh, a I don't criticism. Have that take. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't know if it's a criticism that gets leveled against me or just an observation. But then I am kind of the eternal optimist about things. I love that about you. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that about you. And, it, and quite frankly, it makes me a better person. Like whenever I communicate with you, you're always like, we got this, man. Things are going good. And and that's why when people attack you, I'm like, what? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> From the beginning, before we even knew each other. Yeah. Yeah. You were a support. Supporter. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was on Twitter and I'm like, hey, man, fuck you. Don't talk about Jesse that way. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's... it's um, but it's it's a very it's a very weird time. But there's a lot of opportunities that are open to me outside of the country, and and uh, and I'm considering those right now. We're we're, like, we're super happy for you. I think and I, and I got my son living with me now. Awesome, you know, which is a massive yeah. uh, out of L.A., which is even better. yeah out of how, L.A. How do you do it? How do you navigate the again? I guess we'll go back to it, but the kind of the cultish, the weird Hollywood L.A. L.A cesspool or what i mean there is a, there is an element to to hollywood that's storied that's you know the harvey weinstein kind of a but there, but there's also that element of of the cultish um thing it, it's a there's weird a, there's a patina lot of weirdness yeah, dealing with people who aren't genuine yeah. as well i mean that's the business the mm-hmm. business isn't genuine yeah. the business isn't real it's mm-hmm. 
It's like uh, walking into a magic shop and going, I need some realism from you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's like, and you know, he's meanwhile, he's floating a card in the middle of the air and he's going, what, what, what? Like, <laughs> don't come in here and ask for reality or ask yeah. me to be honest or true. There's no honesty or, or, or truth. Sometimes truth comes out in the storytelling, but the, the business itself attracts I, and I just talked about not using these words, but the business itself attracts a certain level of narcissism, a certain level of people who are desperate to have some kind of validation and acceptance. Insecurity. Yeah. yeah insecurity. Uh, Jim Carrey talks about it, that he had a, a film producer come up to him and say, you know, whatever's broken about you, don't fix it because it's beautiful. Like they want people to be broken. And so mm. you start hearing stories about people who are now very well-known actors who grew up in religious cults in, in, Leah it, 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 oh my God. But you know, uh, it, all these people, Joaquin Phoenix, like the, the Arquettes, um, you know, all these people kind of grew up in the, in these things. And, Maybe that brokenness allows them to access a certain level of emotionality, or maybe it makes their emotions a little more accessible in the art they perform. I don't know, but but it's attractive to people. Yeah, but you've got you've got like weird sex cults that we're, we're finding out about. Yeah, you've got Scientology, which are are dangerous, damaging things to people, and they get completely fucking ignored. Yeah, by it's like almost like it's rewarded. Yeah. Yeah, I would with agree any with that. Other I would agree industry, with that. that people would be like, uh, that's fucking weird. We're going to stay away from that. And but I would, not in Hollywood. Dude, and I would also say there's a bunch of other Weinsteins. Like we've, we've acted like Harvey Weinstein is like some kind of vampire who's, you know, we stabbed the heart of the vampire. Now it's done. Ding he's dong. The, the single witch is boogeyman. Dead. Yeah, it's and like he's not. He's not even the biggest one. Like that's the other thing. There's, uh, there's all these other guys and women also who we haven't discussed. And then there's this weird kind of subculture. I hate using this term, like, because it's gotten a, it's taken a lot of steam away from movements like the Me Too movement and stuff like that. But we have gotten this culture of, oh, I hate it because it's used by the right. I wish there was a social justice warrior. Okay. That there's, because I think we need a certain level of, of social justice warriors. A giant level of it. A giant portion of it. But there, but when you combine that with a environment that is all about who's talking about you, make no mistake, Donald Trump only cares that people are talking about him and the American public responds to that. Well, I don't know who this guy is, but at least I know Donald Trump. At least I know he's honest. At least I know he speaks his mind. Right, right. You know, that kind of bullshit. But in actuality... He says what he thinks. He says what he thinks. Even though what he says and what he thinks... Is horseshit. Horrific shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, but we are in a world where, where people fame... Like, that's really it. It's fame. People are looking for the amount of individuals who are talking about you. And that has led to people jumping on uh, the Me Too movement and hashtagging Me Too, like, and, and doing things that aren't, uh, that aren't real. Like, they're, they're, they're not. And, and there's, um, I mean, I've even got like an inside track on what happened with Terry Crews and what happened with Terry Crews did not go down the way that Terry Crews says it went down. But 
he like that was used to generate hits and views and likes and and entertainment. It's kind of like uh, the only bad news is no news. If you're not, if people aren't saying your name, that's worse than people saying your name in vain. Well, and that's why you know? I, I and talked- that's the entertainment industry. It's like yeah. they go, "Hey, man." You're getting slaughtered out there in the press, but at least they're talking about you. Yeah. You know, if there's some kind of scandal that's actually for a lot of publicists looked at as a good thing. And for me, uh, getting personal real quick, like I have, I have friends who are really well known celebrities and I'm sitting there watching their demise, their private demise, whether it's, and some of it's public, public outbursts. But I know they're dealing with drug use. They're dealing with abuse. They're dealing with addiction. They're dealing with suicidal thoughts. They're dealing with depression. And I'm not talking about one individual. I'm talking about several. And and as long as people are, you know, for yeah, their yeah, creative yeah. endeavors, nobody gives a flying fuck. And if you don't believe me... Because of money. Yeah. And if you don't believe me, Heath Ledger. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Like the list goes on and on and on of, of people we've loved and gone, I don't understand. They're doing such great creative work, but they're suffering and nobody gives a shit. So, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, that, that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is, is like this cult of personality. It, it just kind of, the industry gravitates to that kind of thing, whether it's religion, uh, new religions that pop up, self-help groups, uh, nonprofit organizations, um, spiritual reawakening, whatever the fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Acting conservatories, uh, martial arts studios, whatever it is, it becomes this kind of cult of personality. And it's fine to belong to the, those organizations and still it, it, it starts being a tool to oppress, abuse, and use people to prop up a charismatic leader. Yeah. And for sure. I've, I've, my whole life has been stepping away from group dynamics because I recognize the danger inherent therein because they are fucking dangerous. Like I stepped out of Mormonism. And saw that for what it was. It's like Plato's cave. Like you, you walk out of Plato's cave. You, you enter into this world that where there's, oh my God, there's a garden out here and there's flowers. And then you go back into the cave and go, guys, this puppet show that you're chained to the wall to watch, it's not real. There's a whole nother world, but even more so, I find that when I'm out in that garden, I keep walking through the garden. I hit another wall. And there's another cave mm-hmm. and another and another and another. And it, you probably experienced this, Brittany, that um, when you're out of one group dynamic that's controlling, oppressive or abusive, that you step into another one that you think is better mm-hmm. and then look around and go, oh, my God, I'm in the same boat. It's just packaged differently. Yeah. Like I stepped out of Mormonism and went into this really wild, like Tibetan Buddhism mm-hmm. thing. Mm hmm. And found out that, oh, the same abuses, the same kind of shit that was going on in the, in the Mormon church is going on here. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not good. Let me get out of this. And then I found myself in an acting conservatory mm-hmm. that ended up 
you know, being very cultish and come to find out that the leader of this group was sleeping with students and mm. putting unfair pressure on students and all this other shit was happening. Yeah. So then I stepped out of that and went into martial arts and then it was, you know, death touch shit. Mm-hmm. Like we can, we can, uh, manipulate your chakras and do all this stuff. Yeah. And then, and there was even, you know, abuses going on in there. Right. And even recently I found that out as well. A nonprofit uh, group that I was associated with come to find out they weren't benefiting the people that they said they were benefiting. This yeah. happened with wounded warrior that they mm, were, they yeah, were yeah. doing like all these crazy executive salaries. So then I got to look, I, I just want to know, I think my question for you, Brittany is maybe in your research and talking to people, mm-hmm. why do we as human beings gravitate to group dynamics like why is this like a reoccurring theme in in our society in hollywood there's thousands it's not just the sex cult Mm -hmm. it's it's i mean i could list dozens and dozens and dozens of these types of organizations where you just go oh you're not a scientologist oh you're with this group oh you're a freemason oh you're this or you're that why do we gravitate to those things as human beings it's tough and I think it's loaded. And I just want to say, just because I have a master's degree in clinical psych doesn't mean I'm an expert in all things human. Okay. okay. But, um, with that, that said, that qualifier, um, we need other people to survive, you know? Mm. Um, and that's just been the way that it is. We have to rely on other people. We're social animals. We're social beings. So we go back need to like other tribalism people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in order to survive, we need other people. And so some of that requires, um, going along to get along, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And giving up some of yourself in order to be in the group. And I hear about this a lot because I, I work in an inpatient psychiatric hospital. And when I do groups with patients, something that comes up a lot is things like social media and mm. not getting enough likes, not being included, right? All of these things are really tied together where people want to feel like they're a part right? They don't want to feel like they're alone. They want to feel like they're a part of the crowd, like they're in, you know, it gives us a sense of confidence, a sense of belonging to feel that way. Um, and when people don't have that, I think you start to see negative emotions, depression, anxiety, right? Why am I not being accepted? Why can't I belong? And so some people may gravitate, may gravitate toward those more negative, um, cults that you're talking about, um, just to feel that sense, right? That I'm yeah. a part of something. I'm a part of something bigger than myself. Yeah, I am, I'm part of this group, something you know, special, something that's exclusive too. Yeah. Um, and so it may come from an innocent place of just wanting to belong. And then all of a sudden they're in this situation where they're surrounded by people who, Maybe they don't want to be surrounded by, you know, Interesting. Um, but even in your experience, right, going from these different groups, what was it for you that had you kind of going from this group to the next group to the next one? Was it the same thing I'm describing or was it self-discovery? What What do you think when you reflect back on it? Yeah. Um, so going going all the way back, I, I, I feel like and this is why now I am all about absolute autonomy and absolute freedom. Like, I'm not joining up with anybody's fucking crew. Like, nobody's. I mean, e- even recently, I was with a group of of creatives. And it was very, very, uh, like, such a lovely, wonderful experience. It was really, really beautiful. Hmm. Until Uh-oh. it was like, we need rules. Okay. 
we need somebody to enforce those rules. Now there's consequences if you break those rules. Mm. Now we need you to sacrifice for those rules and for the betterment of the group. Mm -hmm. Finances, time, uh, sanity. Mm -hmm. You know, when people start saying you... But that's that's a marketing device too. Like when people go, I'm not just cutting hair. It's a way of life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, our salon isn't just cutting hair. We're changing lives. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not just, you know, doing fashion. And this is why you see celebrities starting their own churches. Kanye West has got his own church. Mm -hmm. I saw that where they they get together on Sundays and yeah, like in the weirdly lit studio. Right. And it's like, that's a beautiful thing if it's free. If you're allowing individuals to come and worship how, where, or what they may, mm-hmm. it be- you start picking and choosing who can yeah, participate. Yeah, when you start a selection process, and then you start ostracizing people, and mm-hmm. then you start punishing people, or you start using physical abuse or manipulation or intimidation to get a desired result or effect. You're a fucking cult. Yeah, and if it's all to benefit the person who's the figurehead of that thing. You're a cult. And then that's when I go... My okay, definition. I, yeah, absolutely. That's it. It's yeah. a cult of personality that then has a real uh, opportunity to turn into like a full-on... And I'm not talking about Kanye's cult. things. I don't know anything about sure, that. Sure, sure, sure. I'm just sure. talking about the different disparate groups out there who have who've propped up, popped up around... Like Scientology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I mean that's clearly yeah a cult mm-hmm. and even you know mormonism so for to answer your question for me for when when i was a mormon and again to my mormon friends out there i love you i respect you i i i i have nothing but the world for you my my family members who are still in the church i love you i respect you i'm not trying to get you out of it but just see it for what it is it's it's number one not backed up by any science on the face of the planet not genetics not archaeology not there's no <laughs> religion though fucking that, common sense yeah that, there is that, there's none there's yeah, none that fits, there's none. Even, that fits all even of them judaism yeah and their claim of moses in the desert yeah there is zero archaeological evidence that yeah. that happened i mean that's yeah. so it's not just mormonism that's, right you can count all religion among them. yeah yeah absolutely and, and by the way on the mormon thing I grew up, I got all kinds of family that's Mormon growing yeah. up in Idaho. Brittany's yeah, best Brittany's friend best right friend now is, Mormon. Yeah. is active Mormon. Yeah, and what people don't know about, man, I've lived a crazy fucking life, dude. I, I was born and raised in the church and I worked for the Mormon church's security department. Mm. Yes, they have a security department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so do, well, of so course does, they do. Right. Yeah. So does the Catholic church. The Vatican has its own goddamn army. Mm-hmm. I've seen multiple pictures of you alongside Mitt Romney. Good old Mitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen R. Covey. I did, I did work for him. John Huntsman. I did work for him. Oh, um, Stephen Covey. Like the, yeah, Covey like planners. The, the binders. Yeah, yeah, Covey planners. Yeah. Oh, Stephen that's R. not Covey. what I was thinking of. Okay. Uh, habits of highly successful that's people. That's him, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And him. he also has stores yeah. where yeah. they sell the planners the and the Franklin oh, Covey, calendars Covey planners. that are All closed right. on Sunday, by the way. His stores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, J.W. Marriott. Uh, same thing. That's why there's a Book of Mormon in every room in the Marriott hotels. Yeah. So, um, but I saw things that not a lot of other people get to see. And I was doing bodyguard work at the time and just happened to, to get into that position. And what I saw was, uh, vast databases 
uh, of records kept on members of their confessions with bishops and stake presidents and things like that. Mm. And, and also like a security department that is run like the FBI. They have a personal protection division, mm. which handles security for the general authorities that has bodyguards that travel around with them that handle their own security. But also maintaining dossiers on members of Absolutely. the church. And also of their quote unquote enemies. So they'll go out to other churches. They'll implant. Which, by the way, Scientology does as well. Right. Scientology so does. To, to tie it to that yeah, cult, yeah. culty type of thing. And the Catholic Church does it as well. So there, there are literal members of, of the security department who will go out and become members of other churches just to gain intel, hear what they're wow. saying, and figure out how to combat them. So I started to see that. Now, I know that's a long-winded kind of a thing, but I was born into it. So I didn't have a choice. Mm -hmm. So my emotional attachments from an early age were, were placed on all things Mormon mm -hmm. because that's the only time that my family was together. Yeah. So whenever I hear now, it, and, and it's crazy to think about how much of my brain capacity is, is, uh, filled with Mormon stuff. Mm -hmm. Like yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've got, sections of the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants and the Pearl of Great Price memorized. Mm -hmm. I have the Proclamation of the Family memorized. The Living Christ document memorized. You know, I could uh, uh, Mormon hymns, all of them memorized. So if the Wikipedia pages go down, you're the one to call. I'm, you can I'm recreate the guy to call. it from memory. <laughs> because there was this zealotry that, that I was involved in that forced me to memorize all this shit. Right. And, and now it's in my head and it will never leave. Which and, is also a sign of culty things. Absolutely. And when somebody sings a song, like when I hear love at home, you know, like a beautiful song, you know, there is beauty all around when there's love at home. Like it gets me choked up. Now that's not because, but what that is assigned to in a cult, in a religion is that that's God speaking to you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's God speaking to you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not. That's because when I would sing this song, I had my mother and my father next to me, my brothers and my sisters. Right. And so it develops this kind of thing. And I just wanted to belong. It's like Pavlovian, though. Also. Absolutely. So you hear it again, and it brings back that deja vu, that memory. Yeah. And that feeling that you had when you were with your family yeah. that you and, loved. And, and, you and if your parents are, are doing that, and again, I love my parents. I hope they never hear this podcast. But, <laughs> but you know... Uh, my, when, when we like big audiences, so we hope that yeah, they listen. Yeah, all right, fine, whatever. <laughs> but your parents, like parents, you don't understand what you're doing to your kids when you go, get up, you're going to church. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, Judaism, that's Mormonism, that's Catholicism, that's Christianity, that's, that's all of them. Mm -hmm. Get up, go to church. So there's anger, like, whoa, I need to do what my parents say. Right. Then you get there. And your parents are happy. Well, I want to make my parents happy. So I got to stay in this thing. Mm -hmm. I, and then it becomes, I really want that approval of my parents. So I really got to commit mm -hmm. to this thing. And how that transfers into Hollywood is, I, I think for a lot of people, for a lot of actors and creatives, at least on the creative side of things, they're going, well, I need that golden statue. I need that movie to make $10 million. You know, I need that number one movie in America. So then, then I'll be somebody. Then I'll have the approval that I need. Then my parents will, will accept me. Then they'll love me. And it's not true. And then you have <laughs> criminals, literally 
criminals that come into a dynamic like that and go, oh, they see you, a mark. You really want that approval? Yeah. Well, I can give it to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is how you get it. You got to do this. You got to do that. And and then it becomes manipulation. Then it becomes oppressive. Taking advantage yeah, of a and, situation. And that happens in Hollywood. That happens in politics. That hap- I mean, it happens so crazily in politics. Yeah. It's insane. Well, something else within Mormonism that's concerning, though, is particularly the way that they teach um, purity for young girls. Yeah. And how that goes on to affect women um, when they start having relationships and yeah. the guilt that they feel when they yeah. have normal sexual feelings and when they have sexual interactions right um with whatever consenting adult that they want to right modesty yeah modesty covering yourself um what it means like your outfit right now like this wonderful jeans you're even wearing jeans and a shirt would be immodest yes right it's crazy yeah even like the ring the ctr right the the the, the choose the right that's always a reminder but the the onus is on the girls right yeah what in every religion yeah it's on the woman yeah because man made Religion. Yeah. There's no... Yeah. Women didn't start religion. No, they didn't. <laughs> and if they did, it would probably be women-centric, where we're oppressed. And, it, and it's like, guys, they can't control themselves. They can't mm-hmm. control themselves. So, ladies, cover yourselves up. Be modest. Here's a list of rules. We have a rule book for you. Read it. Right. Uh, follow this stuff. Guys, just try to avoid pornography and don't masturbate. But girls... Cover yourselves up. Be careful how you look, how you do your hair, how much makeup you put on. Because you know, they're how little in control of how men will react. Yeah, you are in control of how men will react. Yeah, right. for sure. But and also make crazy. sure that you find a man and you get one yeah, <laughs> and you get married Yeah, and you only find one. Yeah. Right. Don't do anything else. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. your worth is is linked directly to the man. Right. And like, your ability to populate the, the planet that yeah. you're going to have. God wants you life, to multiply and replenish the earth mm-hmm. while so, being white and delightsome. Right. And that's, ju- but, and again, we're harping on Mormonism, but that's not just Mormonism. That's all of them. Right. And then what Hollywood does is go, Hey, we're so opposite of that Christian conservative craziness thing that you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. So women celebrate yourselves. You should ju- you should just be able to do do what you want. Mm-hmm. But you should be able to do what you want. Are you right. saying not? No, 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 no. This is what I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> you can you can do whatever you want. You're free. You're sexually liberated. Just do it for me. Right. Oh, okay. Just do it here. It kind of goes along with the uh, podcast I just listened to, Mark Marin with Betty Gilpin. Oh, Betty that's Gilpin a great from Glow. one, dude. And she was talking about oh. the expectations on her as a woman in Hollywood mm-hmm. of kind of being done up as this porn, I can't, I can't remember what she yeah. was saying, porn robot or something, yeah. um, where she has makeup on her knees, makeup on her hands, like her whole body is covered in makeup. She has fake hair, fake eyelashes, you know, and that that's the expectation just to do an interview. Yeah. Just to go do an interview. That's the expectation for her, you know? Yeah. Um, so listening to that was very frustrating for me because I'm like, these pressures are not only having a negative impact on her, but also those those go out into society when young people are on Instagram and they think that the Kardashians are a reality, yeah. right? That that's, that's what they need to they look, look like. That's what they need to look like. That's what they need to behave like. Um, they need to take those fake diet pills. They need to take the gummy bears for their hair. The stupid shakes that they act like, or oh, this is why I have a flat stomach, not thousands of dollars worth of plastic surgery. Yeah, yeah they- you know, or people that you look like, and it's for the men as well, because mm-hmm. you look at somebody like, you know, <laughs> you look at like any of the actors that are out there 
and they go, yeah, you know, lots of chicken. I'm just eating lots yeah. of chicken and vegetables. Chicken it's like, and broccoli. Yeah, it goes, no, motherfucker, you are on Anavar. Like, you are on roids. You are doing testosterone supplementation, and, HGH, growth hormone. And the hormone. studio yeah, yeah. is paying thousands of dollars Absolutely. for you to work out six hours a day yeah. with a high-dollar personal trainer. Yeah. And then yeah. you sit down and you go, oh, I'm working out with this guy, or I have this workout program, and this is how I got the way, so send me your money and you can look like me. So now, again kind of cultish behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm forking out all this money or I get a group of lemmings mm-hmm. that are just going to send me all their money so I can look like this actor who is who is propagating all the shit. Right. When in reality, he's got a physician, a doctor, a plastic surgeon, like all these people that are working on him to give uh, the look that he has. Right. And I say this to people all the time because one is a bodyguard, two is an actor, three is a screenwriter. You know, and four is an all-around cool guy. Oh, whatever. But, like, <laughs> but all the shit I've been involved in isn't on my IMDb. Mm. You know, like, I I work for James Cameron. Like, you know, I was I was on set with Michael Bay. Like, mm. I was on... And these are all things I don't get credit for. I've, I've worked for free on scripts that I will never get credit on. Mm-hmm. And I've been able to see these people. So when I go to social media now... And I see these people who I know personally, mm-hmm. a lot of them, and and I just go, this is all horseshit. Like you're not, there's, you know, there's one guy, and again, I'm not faulting people for how they live. It's just like, if you're making money off of propagating yourself as as a as a good old American family guy, and here's my wife, my kids, and you know, we love Jesus. Jesus, you know, and Jesus, he knows me because he knows I'm right. You know, what is it like that kind of shit? What is that? Is that, that a real song? That song from Genesis. Yeah. Uh, back in the day in the 80s. Uh, you oh, got to okay. look up the music yeah, video. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> but when I look at these people and and it's like if you're making money off of being a ultra Christian you know, uh, conservative in Hollywood who's married, who has kids and you're supporting, you know, conservative values. And look at me, I'm in Hollywood and I've, yeah. I've sticking it to the liberal. Like Chris Pratt's kind of trying to do. Right. And I'm not saying this is Chris Pratt. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. But when I know, because I was the guy driving you around with your three fucking hookers in the back seat, like when I know that about you and I got to see that. Mm-hmm. That's when I go, what is going on? And then when I start to step away from it and I see it on an even larger scale and I see people posing as liberals when they're conservative and people who are conservative and they're posing as liberals and and just all vice versa. And I know or if I know this person's a terrible human being that he treats people like shit mm-hmm. or she mm-hmm. treats people like shit when they're on set. That they, that they fuck people over and that they're working business deals to screw people over. Mm-hmm. Then I got to go, what, what, what are we doing? We're living yeah. in an absolute fantasy land. People are worried about deep fake videos. Like Instagram is one giant deep fake. Well, and that's why I talked about being genuine, right? I feel like genuine people need to be rewarded and. Yeah. Uh, And I don't know a lot of those people. Yeah, I honestly don't. Yeah, it's hard to find them, right? It's hard to find them, but they're out there. They are out, like Jamila Jamil. Yeah, Jamila Jamil. She's one that I can think of that she's awesome. She's trying to do a positive body movement for young girls on social media, um, ensuring that she's, you know, showing the real side of things, you know, even in, in, in marketing and images that they put together for the good place. Right. She, they're not, she's not letting them like, 
like uh, back fat that like pops over the dress. She's not letting them Photoshop that out. That's amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So people like that need to be rewarded with power. But they're not. Yes. So how do we fix it? So you're you're talking about all the problems, but yeah. pitch me some ideas. Well, what are, what are we gonna do, Adam? I, you know, like my I mean, short of burning it all down. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of what I'm doing. Yeah. Or just getting the fuck out. Yeah. I mean You can't change anything from without though. It's tough because Poor Jesse, like here's the thing. I I the people that I know that are uh, authentic yeah. and genuine don't have a lot of followers. Yeah. You know, the... the, the Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the gal, the gal I'm dating right now, and here's the thing. I, I like to keep my personal... Life, like, I know I've, I feel like I've shared a lot about my life, but I really haven't. Like, I really haven't gone into detail, nor do I think I should, about the level of abuse both physical and sexual that I experienced as a child and the organizations that were designed to keep those things in place. Because I feel like there's, especially as a creative and a performer, there's a certain level that you got to hold back to, to not make it so that when people see you on the screen or see your work, they go, Oh yeah, that's that guy who exposed uh, the, you know, he's, yeah, he's yeah, the yeah. guy who was abused. You kind of shoot yourself in the foot that way. And that's a real thing. And I also keep the people that are most sacred. I know that's a weird word, but like sacred to me, very close. Not a weird word. I, 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 I appreciate the, yeah. the use of it because there are certain things that are, there is a sanctity around your friends, your family, the loved yeah. ones, the people you've chosen to, to have in your life. Also, take it back from the religious communities that have corrupted its use, right? It's yours. Yeah. yeah. It's your word. That's really, they that's can't really keep cool. It. Yeah. That's a cool thought. Yeah. Yeah, that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, and I had this discussion with, with this gal recently. I was just like, listen, I, I'm not blasting you all over the freaking internet because I, like, I don't want to. You're, you're, and the second that I do that, you're now open up to all this shit. Right. And also, if we have a disagreement, if there's something that happens or maybe the relationship doesn't last, that's now public. Right. Everything's fucking in public. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And there's certain people that go, well, I want it to be in public because then we're open and it's kind of out there in the open. And I'm like, yeah, it, where I come from, that's like a deer stepping out into the meadow. That then you walk out there and the hunters are like, "Oh, there it is." Yeah, he's like, yeah. "Look, I'm out in the open." No, th- this is this bang. is good. There's been a couple times where you've said something or or tweeted something that I disagreed with, and I was going to tweet like, "Look, well, we just have a little," dis-, and then I'd said, "Nah, I'm not going to fucking do that." Yeah, I don't even remember what it was. But you've also contacted me like privately, yeah, and yeah. said like, "Hey, man, uh, the." Uh, I think it was like the Joe Rogan thing. The there was another thing about the, the, Mormonism that we yeah, talked but there about. was also a, something about a certain A list actor. Oh. And I'm like, yeah, we're not gonna, I'm not gonna do that. Or we're Who not gonna it? talk about that Who on the show. We're not, <laughs> we're not gonna do it. I'm You're not, not gonna, gonna do, do it. it. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got because, you. Because we why? Because why? I well, one, because I'm gonna put you in a position to right. When I know you agree with me on whatever the thing is, and we're gonna stop talking about it because the audience is gonna be like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But anyway, it's just. That's not the place. Yeah. Because it, all it's going to do is going to cause, all it serves is controversy for controversy's sake. Cause we're not going to be solving anything. Yeah. And, that, and, and, and the internet 
is forever, kids. Yeah. It's fucking forever. It's forever. Yeah, it's we, forever. we talk about it a lot with like sharenting, you know, putting too much out there about the kids and things yeah. like that. And people don't really think about that stuff too. It, it's difficult, but we're in the same boat, right? Where we talk about our lives, we talk about things, but not we're not putting everything out there, you yeah. know? And I'm in the same boat as you where I talk about my personal life with the white supremacy background when I was a kid yeah. and all that stuff. Um, but I have an extensive abuse background too. And yeah. that's something that I haven't talked about in detail for my own personal issues <laughs> yeah. um, and concerns, but I understand it. You yeah. know, it's tough. It's wise what yeah. you're doing, Adam. Yeah. And I what mean, Brittany's doing. But it's, it's also, it's good to think it through, right? You're not just putting things out there without thinking about it. And that's the important thing. I, I sat down with an A-lister uh, just recently. Uh, no, actually, hold on. I say recently. It wasn't recently. It was about six months ago. I sat down with this with this guy. We sat across the table from each other and I was calling him out on on some of these behaviors because he's somebody who I consider a friend and uh, somebody who I consider a friend in business how about that and he was trying to get me to participate in certain behaviors and I just said, I'm not going to do it. Like, I'm not doing it. Oh, are you a prude? Are you this? Are you that? And like, you know, man, Hunter S. Thompson was kind of this, you know, really cool. And I'm like, Hunter S. Thompson was a fucking piece of shit. Also, mm-hmm. Hunter like, S. Thompson is dead because of the, of the lifestyle yes. that he laid. Yeah. And, and I get that whole punk rock middle fingers to the sky. Like, I'm going to do as much coke and eat as much bacon as I fucking want and go and die. And those are the wild ones and the cool ones. I like the people who are good friends, who are, who are good fathers. <laughs> Who are good neighbors. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean ordinary. Yeah. You can do, you can do exceptional work. Like creative work is just ordinary people doing extraordinary things or doing things in an extraordinary way. Yeah. yeah. Like that's all it is. Like the minute that you start idolizing Gary Oldman or idolizing, you know, Daniel Day Lewis or whatever the fuck you're doing, just imagine that guy taking a shit because that's something he probably does every day. Mm-hmm. You probably. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not, I don't know. Some of these people, some of these people are stopped up. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I was having this conversation with this guy and, and he goes, you know, you need, you need to start coming out to some of these events and participating with some of these people and letting loose a little bit and like, just, just do a little bit of this. And it was, it was a drug. Like, just do a little bit of this. Like, do this, do that. It was, and, and I, and I just go, you know, he goes, you know, we're friends. I'm just telling you this is your friend. And I said, not, uh, not that great a friend. Yeah. And <laughs> honestly, though, man, like I've, I've had some really good advice from this individual. I've had some really heartfelt moments. This person has reached out to me in, in really low points. And I've reached out to this person in really low points. And we have, we have a very sweet thing there. So I, I just went, fuck it. I'm going to be honest with this dude. And I said, I said, man, do you know my kids' names? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know, I know your son's name and he did. And then I said, uh, do you know where I live? He didn't. And then I said, do you, do you know who I'm dating? Do you know, <laughs> do you, do you know what I struggle with? Mm-hmm. How about this? Do you know my favorite food? Do you know my favorite color? And I just started going on this tangent and the answers to those were no, 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 no. And then I said, I know your wife's name. I know your kids' names. I know where you live. I know, I know this about you. I know that about you. So who's my friend? Mm. Like you call me your friend. 
but I'm not your friend. I'm your friend when you need something from me. I'm your friend when you want to take something from me. Yeah. Like that's, that's not, that's, that's predatory behavior. Mm -hmm. And if you don't recognize that about yourself and change that about yourself, I can't be your friend. Yeah. It's not a mutual relationship. Yeah. It's you serving at his interest. Yeah. Not him serving at yours. Yeah. And I think, and that's what a friendship is. Yeah. And I, I, I think people confuse that because the movie going experience is an emotional it's an emotional experience. It's an emotional experience for the people who make it. And it's the emotional, it's an emotional experience for the people who watch it. So when you're working with somebody and like I do uh, a scene with somebody or somebody performs a work that I wrote in a really exceptional way. And, and this isn't, I'm not talking about the movies that I've made. I'm, I'm just speaking generally that you have a connection with that person because you've now experienced this emotional thing together and you've overcome this thing together. So you tend to elevate your perception of that individual mm-hmm. to like, this is a, a divine being. This is a, a somebody who's a little more enlightened. And us, as we go to the movies, we watch somebody and are now affected on an emotional level and right. go, well, this person must be more enlightened. Mm-hmm. This person who's making me feel sadness or happiness or, or fear or whatever it is must be more enlightened. It's, you know, the Olay in the, in the bullfighting rings. That means God is with us. Cause every time you'd see this guy kind of defy gravity and the bull would go past him, they would go, God is with us. This guy's doing something amazing and exceptional. But in reality, that's just a regular fucking person. And that person who you look at and go, well, he's the hero is actually a fucking villain in real life. So you can't, you can, it's just, it's so, it's so, it's so difficult to unpack for me because you, you sit there and you go like, well, that guy's the hero and he makes me feel good and he makes me do these things. I mean, look at Kevin Spacey, you know, like, yeah, this I don't is know if I look at it like that though. I don't know. Like, like for instance, um, well, there's two, there's two elements to this. For instance, the scene that I just said that I cried about that you wrote. Yeah. I don't look at it as you having some mystical thing. I look at it as emotional intelligence. Hmm. And that's a great way to look at it, by the way. But it's not even just emotional intelligence. It's also you, you're not grinding it out, working in a factory where you're working, you know, you, you have a job where you're paid to be creative. You're paid to think about this one thing. Yeah. If you were a stand-up comic, you'd be paid to make jokes and write in that way. So it's not like you're more funny than someone else. Uh, there's probably so many people that if you, like, okay, you don't have to work on the l- widget line. You get to be, think about, Writing, like if you have a some proclivity to writing, there's probably all kinds of people who work at a auto selling cars or whatever. That if you paid them to focus their creative energy, they could do it. Yeah. So it's one the fact that you're able to be more uh, emotionally intelligent because you're fucking paid to do True. so. Um, but also the fact that you do have a proclivity, you do have a talent for it, but you've you've been lucky enough blessed enough, whatever, to have had the path that you've had, connected with the people you've connected with, had them lift you up, give you the hand up to find yourself in the position to do so. And then you're capitalizing on those opportunities that you've had because that scene, I mean, all kinds of shit makes me cry, but that was, 
fucking powerful and yeah. you're, you're you're fucking good at what you do man yeah thanks man and i think it's a combination of things it's the writing it's the acting it's the directing it's the lighting it's the makeup the makeup that they yeah, put sure, on him sure. is really great so I, I think it's a combination of all those things what i was getting at was just that this this idea that it's all make-believe and this ability to be able to turn that make-believe magic over to the masses, I think is doing incredible damage. It has the ability to do incredible good, but I mean, I, I yeah, get it's on like my- anything else. Don't get down on yourself or the industry you're in because yeah. it's like that with anything. It is. Anything that has the power to do tremendous good also has the power to do tremendous damage. This is true. I mean, this so, is very true. Know, and it, it's also like if I was working at Starbucks, I'd probably, you know, you'd be the barista sitting there working and going, God, I fucking hate this job nine to five. And then they go, Oh, the regional manager's coming in. Right. Oh my God. Oh, the regional manager's yeah, coming yeah. in. Okay. So everything's clean. Okay. Great. Lionizing Howard Schultz. I guess right. he just stepped down from being CEO. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but then when the guy wa- or, or woman, when the man or woman walks into the room, you go and after they leave, Oh, he looked at me. I think I think or, or she looks at me. I think, a little I think excited a, about their job if but, they're worried about the regional manager. But, but, yeah, I know, but you, but you get it. Like, I get what you're saying. And I've though. worked in corporate America where that shit happens. Where it's like it's like everybody's on their best behavior. They do you know, and all this jostling and jockeying to kind of get the attention of the boss whenever the boss comes in. But we just gravitate to those tribal dynamics where we go, that's the leader of my tribe, and I will serve the leader of my tribe, and that leader of the tribe must be more enlightened and must mm-hmm. be more uh more intelligent or or know something that I don't because that person is in the position that they are. Hmm. Sometimes that could be true, but in my experience 9 times out of 10, serious and I'm not exaggerating, 9 times out of 10, it's that old saying, don't meet your heroes. Like a lot of yeah, times yeah. In my experience, how about don't have heroes? There you go. I think that's that's the that's the key, which is why I'm goes back to what I was saying before: autonomy, freedom. Yeah, I mean, like, listen, I'm not I, buying what you're listen, selling. You want to do business? Let's do business. I know that you look at me like a hero figure. I do. That's okay. Adam. It's more Brittany than I'm, oh, thank you. How fucking dare you? How dare you? And then here comes here comes the wrath of the leader. <laughs> now he's going to oppress no, me. No, you know what? I'm just going to end the show. I'm just we're going to fucking end it that's what we're actually we are going to end the show that's amazing not for that reason though i know i get it i get it because i'm bigger than you i feel like there's so many more things that could go into this though so it it is a bummer that we have to wrap yeah i would and going back because we did we talked about this before the show i do want to say this like i like i'm big on it because i got a lot of a lot of friends in there and stuff and i my advice i think ending on like a good note and you were saying how do we fix it Mm -hmm. like i would i would say my advice is probably this figure your shit out (laughs) get into counseling and get into therapy yes you know get into counseling get into therapy and don't short track that shit don't don't look at no my therapy is is this group over here or this religion over there or this thing over there go meet with a fucking counselor Get, get help. Uh, that's the best way. Work, work from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Uh, figure out your shit. Work on being self-sufficient, autonomous. Don't have heroes. 
I think, I think that's the thing. It's, I, I think it's great to respect somebody's work and respect what somebody does and recognize, you know, greatness when you see it. But we're all just apes. That is right. That we're, more than anything. That right. Th- we're I mean, all listen, just apes. Every, everyone is just a human being trying to get through. Life is fucking hard. Brittany says this all the time. And, and, Everyone has struggles. Everyone has struggles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I agree with most of what you said, although I think it's okay to have heroes. Um, Just (laughs) accept when they let you down and don't try to defend them. That's um, go. When when they do. That's really it. Yeah. Yeah. Know that they are bound to let you down. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of this would be solved if we do the things that we talk a lot about on this show, which is checking our own biases, right? Recognizing that we see the world through our own personal experiences and that that isn't necessarily correct. Right. Having this ability to step outside of ourselves, reflect on other people's experiences, take their information in. um, Be willing and open and to change your own mind. Absolutely. Right. We need more of this and we need more people who can do that. Social media. I mean, (laughs) it's hard. I've spent years trying to do it. I have been successful for some but it's in the some world situations we live in now we need to deal with the world on the world's terms social media is not going away no right? it's not, not. yeah but i mean social media is just um a reflection of what's happening like in real life you know in a lot of ways in terms of what people believe about yeah. certain things right and being yeah. biased i'm not saying that the pictures that people put up are real and all that kind of stuff but right. um what people believe and their inability to accept differing opinions their inability to accept constructive criticism whatever it might be that's real that's just what people do and i think we need to become more comfortable admitting when we're wrong admitting when we don't have enough information qualifying our statements saying we don't know everything we're not experts right we need people to be more humble i think is really what also, needs to happen except that it's okay and it's okay to change your mind <sighs> yeah having said that changing your belief system yes it's okay it's all right to but change it's so hard this is a it question is yeah. this is a question we've stri- we've we've strived we've striven we've Strove? I mm. I don't know. But here's here's something the that writer should, doesn't know. Here's something that should have you feeling <laughs> optimistic, Adam. Is yeah. that three of us are in here? Well, and Popeye, um, and he could be a Trump supporter. We don't know. Um, but we <laughs> <laughs> we have all changed our minds about our belief That's systems right. in very <laughs> serious Dramatic ways. Dramatic ways. Yeah. So yeah. that should have us feeling at least somewhat positive that we're not special, right? Yeah. But we were able to right. do that. 100% and so, of this human room, the humans in the room, right, right. have changed their mind. Yes. That's pretty fascinating. In a dramatic yeah. way. And that right. is, that is, that, that does give me a lot of hope. Right. So it's amazing. Optimism. It's possible. Yeah. It's possible. We can maybe learn some well, lessons from it and try to create a lesson plan for people. Adam, the I, next I project. I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Go for it. What, given a little bit of thought, what, 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 what's the most recent thing you've changed your mind about, do you think? Um, there's a, I think there's two really big, uh, instances i i man it's been a rough fucking year dude (laughs) i'm just telling you it's been a really rough year um uh, and a very rewarding year as well so that it's it's been bittersweet so the three things that have affected me this year all have to do with changing my mind about something Hmm. so i think the the going from least to greatest. The first one was 
I have to live in Los Angeles to to work in the industry. Hmm. I I have to be a part of the machine to work within the machine. This is something you've changed your mind. About. Yeah, I changed my mind. So you about don't believe it. that anymore. I don't believe that at all. And we've been sold this line, kind of like New York. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Yeah. You have to live in L.A. You have to attend all these meetings. Mm-hmm. You have to schmooze and and kind of have this schmarmy kind of thing. You got to go to these parties. You got to drink. You got to do blow. You got to you got to work your way up this food chain and just fuck whoever you're gonna fuck and and right. you know and be in this certain dynamic in this certain scene. You have to get down in the sewer. Yeah, you got to get in the sewer to play in the sewer. I don't, mm-hmm. and that was massive for me. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. Changing that idea. And even you got to at least be in America, man. Cause that's <laughs> like, I'm, I do this shit. Sorry. This will be the last thing I say about this one thing. And then I'll, I'll do the other two real quick is I, I do this thing where if I'm on one side of an equation, I go all the way to the other side. Like I, and yeah, that, that's not, that's, and that's not, good. not, I know, dude, I know. And I'm working on it. I'm working on it so hard. You're not bragging about that. I'm right? not bragging that's, about that's that. Kind I of hate a freak that. Show. Buddy, I hate that about myself. <laughs> did you Google what is the farthest place from Los Angeles? Uh, I, I, I'm I moving there. Yeah, I did. I did. I was like, well, I was like, where can I go where there aren't Democrats and Republicans? Like it's some island gonna, in the Pacific. I'm dig a hole in my backyard and wherever I come out on Seriously. the other side. And, and I've done that. And I, do, I look, I'm trying to change it. I don't like that about myself that, mm-hmm. you know, because it was Mormonism, atheism. Mm. And not that that's bad. It's just it, it was a decision that wasn't based on facts or logic. I just ran there. Mm. I just went, there's no God. There's no nothing. I'm, I'm done. That would have been acceptable if I had arrived at that conclusion by a certain steps. I didn't. I just made the choice yeah, because yeah, it was yeah. opposite. So um, so moving out. And, and focusing on my son and our relationship, dude, he's my best friend. I get choked up talking about my son because it's like, and my daughter, like we, we just have this amazing relationship now that wouldn't exist if I was still where I was. So there's that. Uh, the other thing that I've changed my mind on, uh, has been, uh, the beliefs, uh, that I w I was holding on to. I was still holding on to this. I'm going to change this religion that I used to be a part of in like out, but not out kind of, but so many people do this where they go, I'm going to, I'm not going to be in it, but I'm going to help them make policy changes that will affect them and make them bigger. Mm -hmm. Why am I going to make this monster better and more efficient? I'm not Mm -hmm. like, I'm not like the, you know, the fact that, you know, the Mormon church set up this hotline to have abusers call into that went directly to the law firm Kirkland and McConkie that, you know, supports yeah, the yeah. church and they screened abusers and all this shit. Why am I, but it, hey, giving legal, legal cover for the church and right, for the abusers. Right. And my previous thought about that was, well, at least they're, they're acknowledging that there's a problem. That's good, right? Fuck that. Yeah. Like, so we're with you on that. Yeah. So I uh, changing my beliefs about that and the personal aspect of that is in my own family mm-hmm. and dealing with my friends and family members, which is before it, I was just silent at the table and like letting people just railroad me with their beliefs and their, their, their weaponized love. Mm. 
Wow, that's awesome. That's powerful. You know, it's actually something we're dealing with right now on an arc of a few episodes on the show of how to deal with like Trump family members. But the same could be said of people who just have completely opposite and damaging belief systems than you. Yeah. And this, you know, being the church and, and, yeah. and protecting the church, even over the protection of children, innocent kids who are being victimized and abused. Yeah. And, and destroyed in many cases emotionally. And it, uh, and it is. It's weaponized love. Yeah. It's the, we're saying this to you because we love you. Right. And Tough it's like, love. yeah, but you are fucking hitting me below the belt, like in every way. Like about, manipulation. Yeah. About me yeah. as a father, about me as a, a human being, about me as a person. Then the third thing, uh, and I know that seems massive because it's, it's personal, but the third thing was, was with, uh, was with a friend, like a real friend. And, and the reason that this was so difficult, is because one because of the friendship that was there that was so palpable and powerful and and had been established over such a long period of time and also because of this person's status of what this person you know had the ability or at least my perceived my perception of it was that this person had the ability to adversely affect my ability to be able to put food on the table for my kids mm-hmm. And that's fear and intimidation and all these things. Mm -hmm. And realizing, oh, shit, everything that I've thought about this situation, this person, this group, this dynamic is, is, is wrong. And I've been wrong. Because the, 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 that's the other thing about me, Jesse, is like, I'll go into situations, be they, if it's personal, and you know this from my experience with you, like, I'll fucking fight. Yeah. For that person. Yeah. I go in guns blazing, like double barrel shotguns, both sides, just blasting everybody. And that's a behavior. Metaphorically, everybody. Right, metaphorically. Metaphorically. But that's, <laughs> that's a that's a a characteristic that I'm working really hard to change about myself. Mm. To not being all in. That's actually, you know, before I used to go, hey man, I'm all in. Like I'll go all in for the people that I care about. It's not an admirable trait. If particularly if you find that the people that you're going all in for got the ladder ring leaning against the wrong wall. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and that's that the positive of that. It's, it's been very isolating and very lonely because of my decision to go. You're fucking up. This is bad. This situation is wrong. And I'm now out mm-hmm. like and for those, because I know they'll listen to this, for anybody listening to this who has experienced my silence, that's what that is. It, Adam Simon blazing and coming at you is, is an indicator that we have some thread of commonality and common ground that we can kind of go at yeah, each other if on. You ice, if you're icing people out, if I'm not if good. I'm not talking to you. That's that's a clear indication that you have absolutely fucked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. And you need to examine yourselves, what you're doing, what you're doing with your life, how you've treated me, and and then we can talk, you know. But if I'm icing you out, like th- that's because the behavior is abusive, it's manipulative, it's not right, it's wrong. So 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 there it is. But that's had a very positive effect mm-hmm. in the sense of I've been able to go. Well, wait a minute, I'm okay. Like, you know, and you know this from the world you've came from, Jesus, is that when you step out of a dynamic 
because you want to survive. It's survival. Right. It's like a saber-toothed tiger is going to come out of the woods and I need these people around me to protect me. Mm-hmm. But when you step out of a dynamic and go, oh, wait a minute, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm okay by myself. I'm all right. Yeah. Then you go, oh, wow, that's kind of empowering. And then you go, okay. I mean, this guy literally, dude, I walked up to this guy and I grabbed him by the back of the neck and I said, you're fucking up. And said this to him, knowing full well that that probably meant that I might not get a job, <laughs> that I could be quote unquote blacklisted. Yeah. I mean, it is a real thing, but, but I, I just don't care because it, like the truth is now, like, and that has led to me reaching across the aisle to some people that I never would have in a million years. Like some of these guys that I've reached across the aisle to are some people that if you read their Twitter feeds, you would think they need to be locked up and arrested and, and thrown away. And, yeah. and guess what? Most of that shit, they probably do. But I, I've really made an effort now in my life to find something, fucking anything to, to move through the noise and try to connect to somebody. But also, which is, I think this is a mistake that a lot of people do, not making that action of reaching out to that person an act of validating all their shit that's horrific. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. And I, I think... A people mis- are complex, man. It's, yeah, you know, but people not- do that in the media right now. They go, well, Donald Trump did something right today, and, and they focus on that to try to be positive, but it validates the fucking guy. And you got to be really careful mm-hmm. about, about doing that. But I'm really excited. What I'm excited about is being a better... Like, I feel like I could even be a better friend to you guys. Like, I feel like... Reaching out more, talking to you guys, hanging out a little bit yeah, more, sure. like not on even on a podcast. You're right. Level. You're a terrible friend. You're right. <laughs> if I can agree with that, we will end it there. <laughs> but those three well, things. Listen, well, where can people? We're ending the show now. Yeah, your tangents are fucking done. Until yes. next time. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Before you delete all your social media, where do you want people to yeah, follow where, you? Where can people get both barrels? Where can they go to compliment you though? To send you some uh, beautiful messages about how uh, awesome you are. I yeah, and it's so funny because I look at my social media now and I go, oh, look at me trying to be a brand. That's interesting. <laughs> all you have to do right now is just go to <laughs> right, right, Twitter right. address. Adam, uh, it's Adam. Jesus Be- fucking Christ. <laughs> it's Adam Belgabe. It's Adam Belgabe. A-D-A-M-B-E-L-G-A-B-E on Instagram. <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes yeah, for on, sure. On Twitter, it's Adam Simon Actor, all one word. And then uh, where I think things will ultimately end up is adamgsimon.com. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So just go, just go there, guys. You can send me a a, a lovely note. Yes. <laughs> and one last comment, um, yeah. Mr. Pessimist over here doesn't have a an iPhone case. No case on the no phone. Case. Yeah, dude. Come on. Is this bad? No, well, it, I think it just it, means you're not pessimistic, not as pessimistic as you think you are. Whoa. Yeah. So this is like. Well, think about it. If you were a pessimist, you'd want a giant case on it, so because it's this phone's for it's sure gonna, gonna get smashed. Am I a secret? A secretive optimist? I don't know. Is Just trying really to point happen? this out. Yeah. Low-key optimist, man. Look at Brittany Page pulling out little obscure things like that. Wow, that's crazy. So we're going to end the show. If you have questions for Adam, you can direct them to him. We're going to have him back on the show. It's a goddamn guarantee we're going to have him back on the show. This program that you've been listening to for the past almost two hours is an independent source of media Typically, we talk about politics. Typically, it's a, a twice-weekly news and comment show with the lovely, the talented, and the scholarly Brittany Page and myself. Um, but, you know, occasionally we do these these bonus episodes with 
college professors and politicians and screenwriters extraordinaire mm-hmm. like the the Mr. Adam G. Simon. Um, but we would love your support. If you're in a position financially to help us out on a monthly basis on Patreon, you can do so. Go to teamdollamore.com or dollamore.com slash Patreon, as I forget what I'm saying. We would love to have you on board. There's all kinds of rewards. There's in the stickers. There's, there's actual face-to-face, uh, like Google Hangout calls every month that we do. We'd love to have you supporting the work that we do, helping to move the conversation forward on an episode by episode basis. Uh, you can call 657-464-7609. Get your voice on the record. Uh, to, we give you a platform to amplify your opinions, uh, on those twice weekly. Episodes. You can also email a voice memo from your smartphone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We would love to hear from you. I guess we'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, Adam G. Simon, Woo-hoo. I am Jesse Dollamore, and this has been I Doubt It.